What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. This is episode 67. We are back after almost a month break of, again, nothing happening. But I am joined tonight by Ryan and Tyler. Uh, how are you guys doing? The gang is all here. Tyler doesn't suck. He's not He's not dead. <laughs> well, he kind of sucks because it took him 25 fucking, no, a half hour to figure out how to fucking get on Discord today. You guys no, we're good. You guys get on me more than fucking Whitney and fucking R.A. do on Biz Nasty. Fuck. Well, I mean, there's things that are warranted, and this is it. <laughs> I suppose. We're I suppose the three best that. friends that anybody could have. <laughs> um, three-man so, wolf pack. So, yeah. So, Anyhow. we've yeah we've got uh, quite a bit of stuff since, since we went off air. Uh, I think we're going to start with the retirement of Nicholas Cronwall. We've also got the prospect tournament to talk about. But we would be remiss if we did not mention uh, first that uh, Founders is the official beer of the Grindline podcast. So there's that shout Drink out. One. Woo. Uh, we had two Drink winners of our solid gold contest, which is cool. I'm going to be shipping out their packages this week. And we will be having more contests in the future with Founders stuff and things going on with them. So founder stuff. Uh, the other piece, I agree. the other note is if you go to <laughs> howieshockeytape.com and buy your supplies there and use the promo code GRINDLINE, you will receive 10% off of your order. So go order all your hockey stuff from Howie's. They're a Michigan-made product. They service the NHL, the AHL, a bunch of minor league teams all across the world. So go get your the stuff. The Ohio State University. Uh, how about the Garbage oh, State University? Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna let Ryan actually start off with the talk about Nicholas Cronwall, who uh, announced his retirement now a little over a week ago. So, as if you live under a rock and you're that out of tune with the NHL offseason, you probably know by now that big old number 55, Nick Cronwall, officially announced his retirement. To me, it was a very bittersweet moment, though we complained at nauseum sometimes about his knees and his inability to move around the ice. He was still an impact player on this team, whether it been on the bench, in the locker room, his overall general presence on the ice. Um, it was a storied career, I think you can say. He played a total of 953 games at the Red Wings starting back in the 03-04 season. Um, I'm going to kind of go through some of his uh, his details here. Picked for in the first round in the 2000 entry draft. He was the 29th overall pick by the Red Wings. He finished third all-time in games played, as I just mentioned, the 953 overall games, ninth overall on the team, fourth in points, trailing only Nick Lidstrom, Reed Larson, and Jared Kelly. And I think the most memorable aspects of his game would be Cronwalling. If you guys would agree to that point, he threw his body. He can move the puck. He was one of the better defensemen in the NHL. I would say for the better part of a decade, didn't really get his props in regards to Norris trophy voting, but what you knew when Cronwall was on the ice, he was going to be a difference maker and he got to play with the likes of Nick Lidstrom uh, for several years before his retirement. So they, had really some of the best defense and defenders for several years there up until Lidstrom's retirement. So a great player, a great, even better person. 
And what's fantastic is that he is actually going to be remaining with the team in a front office role as the advisor to the general manager, taking over the duties that uh, Chris Draper previously held while with Ken Holland. So very much thanks and appreciation to Nick Cronwall for all he did for the wings as a player and can only hope that it's going to keep getting better for him as a, in the staff. Yeah. And I think he's one of the only players who's ever had his name turned into a verb uh, to to (laughs) Cronwall someone. Uh, And I think of his time when they were going on those cup runs, I, I think he was a very underrated defenseman. And then the reason he was underrated was because we had some of the better defensemen in the league, you've got a Nick Lidstrom, and, and Lidstrom's going to kind of overshadow most of the other defensemen on the team. But I think without Cronwall's physical presence, I mean, they they may not put up as many points. They may not have finished as good in the standings. And I mean, he just, when he's on the ice, the other players had to be constantly aware. Uh, because if they weren't, I mean, you're going to get hit. He's going to take your head off. So I, I think... Without Cronwall, the team would have been wouldn't have been as good as it was. Would they have won a championship? They probably still won a championship, but I, I'm I'm not sure they finish as well as they do. And the the team will admit to that. And, and they also say that there's not a better stand up guy than Nick Cronwall. He's just mm-hmm. like an overall good person, a good natured guy, one of the friendliest dudes. Eats a ton of oatmeal. That was one of the funny <laughs> interviews. Four bowls of oatmeal a day. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen that video, go on YouTube and just type in Cronwall Oatmeal. Or if you go find Sarah at Helmeroids, it's on her Twitter wall somewhere. But yeah, uh, Nick or, uh, yeah, Nick and Z have a funny back and forth about how much uh, oatmeal he eats. He, he Am listed I the it... only one that doesn't like oatmeal in here? I, I, I gave it... Oatmeal? I could take it or leave it, but uh, Nick Cronwall listed that as the one thing he could not <laughs> live without. Oh God! So I'm intrigued as to what's wrong with oatmeal. <laughs> yeah, I Tyler. Don't like the texture, man. I I, I can't do it. I don't. Are you, you, you know you're supposed to put water in it, right? <laughs> yeah, you're not I just supposed understand. to eat oatmeal or milk. You don't eat dry oatmeal. I understand <laughs> that. I, yeah, I don't know. For some reason, I just don't like the texture. Never have. Huh? Huh? Well, things we learn about Tyler. All right. Taking the spotlight away from Nick Cronwell. <laughs> Jesus, Tyler. Sorry, Nick. Uh, so yeah, so thank you for the career, Cronwall. Uh, Tyler, do you have any you have anything you want to say about the retirement of Cronwall besides the fact that it opens up a spot for a, a rookie player? Well, absolutely. I'm giving this guy total props because he retires, um, where he probably could have hit a thousand games, uh, and he decides to call it quits. I give him a lot of props there. A lot of players. You know, they, they pride themselves on playing a thousand games in the NHL, which, you know, that's not a small accomplishment. That's especially that's with tremendous. one team with one team. You know, that's another thing. Uh, his career forever will be known as as one of the more underrated players, one of the more underrated defensemen of all time. I think he he was so good and like he wasn't always out there killing people. He had a great stick. He was he was good in his own zone all the time, and and you guys talked about the stand up guy. The last few years, the first the last year at the Joe, and then uh, the last two years at LCA. Not only has Henrik Zetterberg stood up in front of the media and talked 
But Nick Cronwall has been a, another guy that's like, yeah, we need to be better. We, we we weren't good enough tonight. And, like, he still lumps himself into that, even though he was such a part of those great teams, and he would take blame for some of the stuff. And, mm-hmm. like, even I remember the playoff series, and, and, you know, most of you guys aren't going to like this playoff series that I'm bringing up, but what, the 2014 one against Boston where, like, they won the first game, and then they they just couldn't do anything after that. And every single solitary game, he stood up, and and he took the blame, and he's like, we need to be better, you know. And and not to beat a dead horse here, but, like, he was just such a stand-up guy. And then on top of it all, like, you just knew that that Cronwall was out there to to hit people, too. Like, you know, don't come up the the boards with your head down because – you're getting Cronwald into the boards and like he, he's just he's one of those type of players that like you know you'll forever remember and and you don't get another Nicholas Cronwall that's just the game's not played the same anymore and even even if the game was played the same way he's just he, he hit you with your ass I mean like what players did that he, he created that and 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 something I'll never forget, and and just a side note here, the biggest hit I've ever seen him have, now there was some four, five, six, uh, probably a top ten of great hits of Cromwell's career. I think the biggest one and the most memorable one for me anyways was that Chicago one on Marty Oh, Havlat. hands down. He flattened Marty Havlat. Like, I'm surprised Marty Havlat played hockey after. He got absolutely destroyed there. And, and like, that was the one time you ever seen people going after Cromwell because it was a playoff series. But like, was that the 09 that, series? Yes, it was. Yep, it was the 09 series. But like, think about it. Every time Cromwell ever hit somebody, like most players like would just leave him alone. Like, dude, you just got Cromwell. What are you doing? You're not gonna go fight Cromwell because he's not gonna fight you. You know. Well, it was also it was also because they were all basically all clean hits. Like yeah. Cronwall wasn't part, yeah. wasn't a dirty hitter. And I mean, he did get suspended for that one game, which was a complete bullshit call. It wasn't su- that was against the game six against Tampa was the yeah. most garbage call. He should have never got suspended. But the thing was, is they didn't retaliate because it, it was a clean hit. You should have had your head up. Was it? It well, was. Was it Cronwall that hit? And I don't know who it was that he hit. Uh, I think it was a Philly player, uh, where he the guy hit the ice and basically had like a mini seizure. Yeah, it was Voracek. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was yeah. Voracek. And he yep. just stiffened up, and we're like, oh, my God, is he is he dead? And he he was fine, but, like, those are the kind of, like, those are the Cronwall hits, and they're clean hits, but he just catches everyone when they're not looking. Mm-hmm. Greg, I'll tell you the other thing I'll never forget, too, the the, uh, the chance in Joe Louis Arena, you got Cronwall. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> oh, God, those are the days. That's so sad. Yeah, I mean, it's it's sad, but and it we we have to acknowledge that it was completely his choice. Stevie yeah. didn't tell him to go. He said he was doing it for the team because he knew the team. It was it was his time to do it, and he was doing it for himself because he. I mean, he's in a his kids are getting older. He's going to spend time with his kids. He's staying in the city, uh, like Ryan said, as a job with the the Wings. He basically becomes the new Dwight Schrute of the Red Wings. He takes over. <laughs> he takes over Draper's job, but Assistant to the yeah, manager. he's gonna he's gonna be with the team still. He'll be around the rink. He'll be around the guys. And what what better a, a guy to learn from than Nick Cronwall? I was just gonna say that that 
him and being around the team, much like Draper with the forwards and a couple other guys, but you look at the players that are coming up, like a Chalowski, a Cider, Heronic. a Heronic, they still get to pick his brain. Yep. And he still yep. gets to engage with the team. And for where they're the point that they're at in this rebuild, you couldn't ask for much more. Would it be great if he was going to be on the ice more? Yeah, because there's things that he can go through, but he can still do that behind the scenes. It, there's not a whole lot lost there, to put it simply. No, no. And, and and not to mention it opens up a spot, you know, for players um, and, and that kind of thing. You know, it's it's just it was time. Unfortunately, you know, every everybody gets to a point in time where they just can't play anymore. And it, it's good that, that they were able to work something out where he's still going to be a part of the organization. He's still going to be a part. Um, and that's just a credit to the Red Wing organization, what they've been able to do from players like Iserman. Uh, Shanahan was in the front office for a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Draper. Chelios. You know, now, now Yuri Chelios, Fisher. Exactly. Yuri Fisher. Like they've just gone above and beyond to help these players, even even the players. Like I, I, I would be willing to bet if Johan Franzen would ever become healthy again and want to um, coach or or want have something to do with hockey again, the Wings organization would be the first people to reach out to him and say, "Hey, here's a job. You you can you can do this X thing." That organization is just so it's ran for for the last part of the the, the last 25, 30 years. It's just been ran like a like a family, and and you know what? As a fan of that family, it's just it's great to see. It's great, absolutely. Yeah, um, it has its faults. <laughs> <laughs> it was a def- it was a def- kind of a interesting family to watch the last couple of years, but uh, it's more like a Jerry Springer family the last few years. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's it's getting there, and it's that's getting not, there. Not to worry, it's getting and, back. And it's that's our next. Good. That's our next thing to talk about is the the Red Wings just wrapped up the prospect tournament in Traverse City. I was up there for a couple games. Uh, they didn't play on Sunday, so I had a whole day of basically trying to track them down. But uh, that's called they, stalking. Yeah, yeah, no, no, tracking them down. It's official <laughs> podcast work. But they uh, they the Red Wings won the tournament, which is phenomenal it's the second time they've ever won the tournament and what i said today well the last game was going on i said if there's any team any prospect team that deserves to win this tournament again it's this prospect team they came together they were phenomenal together the guys really came on i mean giovanni smith it, it we could throw applicator out a freaking window right now and put giovanni smith right in the lineup uh, he so to give you a kind of a a, a clue of how this went the top players in the entire tournament, and I think these stats are now completely up to date, uh, tied for first in the entire tournament for points was Joe Valeno and Ryan Kuffner. Beautiful. Uh, Joe Valeno had seven goals and one assist for eight points in four games. Joe Valeno, it's hit, like he's got to make the roster. There's no, There should be no way he doesn't make it. Like I, I think I put out on Twitter, wave Abby, wave Helm, kick someone out. Joe Valeno needs a spot. I mean, he was everywhere you needed him to be. He he was putting in, he was putting pucks in the net. He was on the power play. He was lighting it up. He was crisp passes, great takeaways. I mean, Joe Valeno is NHL ready. There's no, there's no doubt about it. 
Hot takes, hot takes. It's not a hot take. I mean, it's, uh, and I said it even a couple days ago in when he, the first game he had two goals. Uh, and then uh, the, actually the first game, he had one goal. The second game, he had two goals. The third game, he had two goals. Today's game, he had two goals. Like, and he's, and he's doing it against the other team's top prospects. So, and you know who he's doing it with? Philip Zadina. Bingo. And? And uh, Mo Sider. And? And who? Hiroshi. Yeah, well, Otero Hiroshi, I think, has already got a spot. I mean, he he cheated last year. He had his time. So does Zadina a little bit. But those um, are four guys that could end up being the staple of this franchise. Yeah, and if you hadn't Three heard... Three for sure. If you hadn't heard, Mo Sider... Um, said he doesn't want to go back to Germany. So he wants to play. His goal, of course, is making the wings. And looking at him play and watching him, you can tell he is a much higher caliber prospect than than what other teams have, especially, and I think Sean Horkoff said it the best, is it's hard to come into a tournament and do what he's ter- doing at 18 years old it's much harder to come into the tournament and do he's doing 18 years old as a defenseman. Mm-hmm. I mean, he reads plays better than the, the other players on the opposing team. How many passes I saw him cut off was insane. He, he could be triple teamed by guys in the corner and he's as calm as if he's in the neutral zone, just gliding along with the puck. There is no worry in his game. His passes are quick that's one thing that I that a lot of times players have to be reminded of is quick passes, fast snap passes, tape to tape, and Cider does those without being reminded. He has a mean streak to him. He's the mo- most polite person you'll ever hear an interview from, and he's just super outgoing and energetic. And I can see why Eiserman picked him at six. I mean, what's even more fantastic? Did you guys see the hockey news had an article about him and how he's already endeared himself to the fans of Detroit? Oh yeah, <laughs> like th- he's getting that type of coverage, and he's like you said, 18 years old, their first round pick. He there's, I unfortunately did not get to watch any of the prospect tournament other than highlights. So thank you, Army. But <laughs> when these guys that we just mentioned, when they're on the ice, it was a whole new like, and they're only gonna get better. And to your point, I pulled up the Dana Wakiji. A quote for cider um, to bring it in. He's like, this is a direct quote. It's probably not Germany anymore. I decided for myself, probably staying in the States for a couple of years now. First of all, it should be about making the team hundred percent. That's why I'm here. If it's not possible, I think Detroit has a great AHL team. Grand Rapids is just two hours away. Maybe that's the best way stepping on the small ice. The dude wants to play and we need, they need, need players like that, that want to play. And I think that yep. with him, Valino, Zadina, the the sky's the limit right now with all these guys. And you know, and with, you know, with Cider too is is even if he goes to Grand Rapids, the not a bad thing. Well, the fourth game when Daly dies or whatever, he'll be the first call up. I mean, potentially, yeah, it's a good chance depending on who of their other guys makes the roster or doesn't make the roster. I'll be intrigued. We still haven't even seen Koski play. No, but you've got Daly whose foot falls off and you've got and Mike Green who's half zombie. So True. And but, then there's Erickson. And and then there's Erickson who doesn't have anything wrong with him. He's just bad at hockey. 
So he kind of he kind of has like no mean, leg. You mean pylon, right? Yeah, it's road cone. Road cone. Road. <laughs> Jonathan okay, Roadcone, Roads. So, uh, so those are the top two. And Ryan Kuffner was another one that was very surprising. So his ten games at the end of the season were not. I mean, they were okay. He didn't score like he scored at Princeton, but I think he just w- had the snake bitten time like Nyquist uh, had every now and then. But he ended the tournament with three goals and five assists for eight points, tied Joe Valeno. They both had eight points on the team, which is phenomenal. Uh, That's really all you can ask for, too. I mean, yes, it's a prospect tournament, but you want these guys that you're expecting to perform, perform. So out of uh, tied for third uh, for points uh, in the tournament, Alexander Textier, who is from Columbus, he had six points. Chase Pearson, Detroit. Six points, four ga- or four goals, and two assists. He had a hat trick yesterday. And, against uh, Toronto. Against the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> so there's Chase Pearson and also Giovanni Smith with six points, three goals, and three assists. Giovanni Smith, every game, just wanted to destroy someone. He also talks a lot to the other team, so they don't like him. <laughs> but he was... He was also really good. And he'll be he'll be a fourth line grinder. He'll replace Abdicator. He'll replace Glenn Denning. And I think Giovanni Smith, he didn't start coming on until the second half of the season in Grand Rapids last year. But I think that if he starts this season in Grand Rapids strong, he could be uh, either a, a an injury call-up or he could be a trade deadline call-up if we can get rid of someone. This will be his second full season pro, right? Yes. Yeah, so there's a lot of hope there. And I know we've talked pretty highly of him in the past. So if he can just think of the prospect of him and Groove, or Groove, however yep. you want to call, say right. his name, over in the next couple of years, oh, we could be the team to be hated again. We could. I don't, I don't mind that at all. I'll tell you that right now. No. Add that with the scoring potential of some of these guys in the system right now, if they make the roster and whoever else they decide to bring in, you got that. I hate to say, use the word grit on your fourth line with those two. Oh. Yeah. So it's Giovanni Smith. I think for a while people were on the fence. Is he going to make the team? Is he not going to make the team? Is he going to pan out? Can he do it at a different level? I think he's shown progress in the, in the tournament. He got some good looks. He came away with three goals. It was it was productive for him. So I think he took that next step. And if, if he can continue that into the Grand Rapids season, uh, I think in a couple next year or or this year, he could he could end up getting a call up at some point during the season. Tell you what, Grand Rapids could end up being a fun team to watch this year. If not all those guys make the team, the, the Red Wings out, out the gate, whew, that is a stacked AHL squad. Yeah. So tied for sixth. So those two were tied, or those three were tied for third most points. Tied for uh, basically, I guess it would be fourth most points because they all have five points in the tournament. Uh, you've got Joel Kivaranta from Dallas, Nicholas Robertson from Toronto, Ty Delandria from Dallas, Nikita Korstelev from Columbus, Trey Fix Wolanski from Columbus. What? Uh, Jared Luko Savages. So. Grand Rapids, I believe, signed Jared Luko Savages uh, at the end of last season. 
And Jared Lucas Savages is another one who looked great in the tournament. Two goals, three assists, five points. He he was everywhere. He's also kind of an agitator. He's not afraid to throw the body. He took a bad hit in the, I want to say it was the St. Louis. No, not the St. Louis game. Yeah, the St. Louis game. He took a, a pretty gnarly hit, but he was okay for the rest of the tournament. But again, he looked good. And he could end up being another depth guy for the Wings as long as he does well in Grand Rapids, which I don't see a problem uh, with him doing in Grand Rapids. And then you have Adam Fox from New York, Vitaly Kraftsoff from New York, Carl Henriksen from New York, and Philip Zadina with five primary assists in four games. So, Bust. Yeah, so everyone online is calling him, well, on Facebook, the place we know not to get information from, is calling Zadina a bust because Zadina did not score a million goals, which to me... Pop quiz. What did Larkin have more of this? Well, assists. Of course he will. Okay, just just asking. Just curious. But as soon as Zadina doesn't score a ton of goals, they call him a bust because because of the comments that he made and they automatically go, oh, should have drafted Quinn Hughes. Oh, look at what Quinn Hughes has done. And then I go, what has Quinn Hughes done? He played like five games for Vancouver last year. Like that. Okay. What does he do? He's also a defenseman. He's a puck moving defense. So are you're, you're faulting Philip Zadina for not being a puck moving defenseman. Like I don't Duh. get, I don't get what the argument is there. Zadina looked good. He got good looks. He, he missed the net on a couple. He the other ones he just got saved. He he had more of the the pucks were not bouncing his way, but he found other ways to get on the score sheet, and he found other ways to help the team win. And that's what you want from many of your prospects. Hey, what is Nikita Kucherov known for? Goals. Why isn't he known for assists? Because he's not a good setup guy. He had forty-one goals Four. and eighty-seven eighty-seven assists on the se- this past yep. season huh 87 but you know points. About, it's not about just putting the puck in the no net. if you if you want a guy that can just put the puck in the net go get phil kessel he'll do that for you now is that a stretch of an, a comparison yes i get that however you look at the top goal scorer or the top point getters in the nhl kucherov 41 and 87 the second number is going to be assists. Connor McDavid, 41 and 75. Patty Kane, known as a goal scorer, 44 and 66. Brad right, Marchand, 36 and 64. Sidney Crosby, 35 and 65. I mean, come on. You the, the point is, is, as a high-level player, you have to make an impact in more than one way. And if all you want is someone to score goals, you get someone like Athanasiu, who's not an elite player, but will score goals, but can't assist because he's not a playmaker and his passes suck. Clearly, Zadina, oh God, here we go. Zadina can pass the puck and set people up. You know who was setting up Valeno? Zadina. You know who was setting up Jared Luco Savages? Zadina. You know who was setting up Ryan Kuffner? Zadina. So I don't I don't know what you want. If all you want is goals, then you can take Athanasiu to whatever other team he's going to get traded to or leave to go to, and you can go be a fan of that team. But the thing is, is our top prospects need to do more than score goals. And just because he didn't score goals in a five-game tournament, you can't call him a bust because he did a bunch of other stuff great. And you know what's you know what else is crazy too is that he's known as a goal. Sc- 
So what are teams going to do? They're going to focus on his ability to shoot, to shut down lanes. So he can't do that. So what did he do? He took advantage of it and he got the apples. And that's Simple. needed. They're needed he is to a win. Playmaker, a goal scorer, a team player. He, he, he doesn't care if he's, he, is he upset that he's not scoring goals? Yes. He said that himself, but he's there to win and help the team win. And that's exactly he, what he did. He's going to score goals. And you know who else was at this tournament? Capo Caco was at this tournament. You know how many goals Capo Caco scored? One. And he had three assists for four points. So, like, why are people freaking out? I don't get why people are freaking out. Because they're stupid. Because that's what people do with the internet. So that too. Yeah, I just, I need people to stop. Just take a deep breath. Zadina's going to be all right. You're asking for so much. He's going to be all right, and and he'll be up some point this year, even if he doesn't start the season, which I think he should start the season in Detroit. But even if he doesn't, he will be up at some point. So just just calm down. Stop calling him a bust. Chill out for two seconds. Take a deep breath, and just go back and watch the tape and watch all the good stuff that he did. All the games are replayable on YouTube. Just go back and watch them all. And watch him work. It's so. an amazing thing when you. And what's funny too is the comments out there. I don't know why I'm even going to touch this, but <laughs> like they're like, I was watching the game. He doesn't look good. He doesn't look comfortable. But then you go and read the recaps yep. from the writers. Yep. You read the comments from guys like Sean Horkoff and members of the front office who say the exact opposite. Mm hmm of all what these people are saying because he didn't put the puck in the net. He's worthless. Yeah. Which I mean, those are the people that just talk to talk and, and I don't know what to, to say to that. You can't say anything to change their mind because they don't really know how to properly evaluate a player. They just evaluate a forward on goals, a defenseman on, I don't even know what they would evaluate a defenseman on, I guess. Oh, they evaluate defensemen on plus minus and they evaluate <laughs> goalies on the score sheet. That's what they do. So just do a little bit more of watching the game and understanding how, how he played and what, how he looked. He had great vision on the ice. He broke through defenders really well. And it's just, he didn't put the puck in the net for, for the the tournament, which is okay. Just it's fine. I mean, his one assist to Valino when Valino had the rocket from just inside this, this face off dot, off to the far side of the ice, if I remember the re- replay correctly, he took the puck. He got it just above the middle point there. He pushed down just a little bit. It sucked everyone into him, and he just made a quick little. He turned his hips, pushed the puck over to his right. Valino one-timer goal. Yeah, like that's that's the stuff that he can provide. Yeah, but he didn't score, so he sucks. You know how people are. Just because someone doesn't score a zillion goals because they were drafted to score goals means that they're a bust. Yeah, I mean, to be a bust, you have to be a, like like Nail Yakupov, who mm, was Brian Leaf. Yeah, who was drafted Brian really, <laughs> who was drafted really high, and then didn't do like, or who was mediocre, at best, who didn't really do anything. So just let let him let him go, let him come into the league, see what he can do. If in if he's with the Wings for three years and doesn't top thirty points, twenty points, then call him a bust. But just just wait. 
And it's the other thing to continuously remember, which people seem to forget. Sometimes I do because I care way too much for some reason on a, about a bad team, but they're not a good team. No, they're not. The, the Griffins, no. yes, they've got a much better roster because all of our skilled prospects are playing together. But the Red Wings are not a good team. Do we all want them to be playing there this year? Yes. If they don't make it there this year, are we going to be upset? Kind of. But it's also not going to be the end of the world because it's letting these guys get comfortable to then make the next step. Yeah, it's letting them find their game. And make the team better for the long term. Iserman has made the moves that we've already looked at with with the fine-tooth comb and talked about over and over again already for even though there's been zero hockey played with what he's put together. So it, it's going to happen. Just calm the fuck down. Let it happen. Drink, drink, drink a founder salad gold and enjoy yourself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so more impressive people, the tournament, Tara Hirose, we don't really even have to talk about him. We know how impressive he looked at the end of, at the end of the season. I mean, he had what nine, was it nine points in 10 or seven points in 10 games? Yep. Yeah, he looked he looked good. He continued that into the tournament. You could tell he had NHL experience. He just I mean, floated around the ice, four points in four games, three assists, one goal. He he was good. He was really good. Uh Mo Sider, I can't I can't even talk about him. Like I said, he needs to make he he will play in either the AHL or the uh, NHL next season. He'll get Hopefully. top minutes. He quarterbacked the power play. He was on line one. He he was on the top penalty kill unit. He did everything and more that was asked of him. Just phenomenal guy. Great talent. I, I see why Iserman took him at six. How we could have ever doubted him. Not that we doubted him, but we just were, we're all very confused. How we could all question the pick. We should all be ashamed of ourselves. I mean, in hindsight, exactly when I'm partly drunk outside of Little Caesars Arena and they name a guy that I'd never heard of, I'm going to be a little upset. Yeah. I mean, we were only slightly (laughs) buzzed and we had no idea what was going on. And then we all celebrated when they put the camera on us. Exactly. Everybody. Who the hell is that? I had people over my house and they I had one that was a Rangers fan and i had my buddy connor who's a bruins fan and then my dad was here and a few other people and my neighbor that's also a red wings fan and we both looked at each other we're like (laughs) who (laughs) and like not that we didn't uh, or me personally not that i didn't do my due diligence in the draft but he was not on anybody's radar not at not at where we were picking you know not at six no no, so. he was initially slated to go late teens to late 20s. I honestly don't think with how he's played, if anyone else had ever watched him play, I don't think he would have made it out of the top 10. I, I'm i not sure. There's, there's more and more coming out that with that same assessment and comment lately. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure there was there'd be any way that he, he would have made it out of the top 10 with mm-hmm. the way he was. He would have gone in the bottom ten for sure. Exactly. So I'm I'm super glad we picked Cider. Cider looks like he is going to be he has the makings of an elite defenseman. Everyone online jokingly calls him the German Lidstrom. He plays about as calm as Lidstrom played. So I don't think they're joking. No, they're I mean, <laughs> I think some are and some aren't. It's uh, coming from the Rohan. It's it's, it's yeah. there's no jokes. Yeah, so no, he doesn't joke. He lives in a fantasy <laughs> land. Um 
He's well, a actually, Russian no, bot, anyways. He, he lives in a computer simulation yeah, called Russian. Australia, but there it's he has the poise of Nick Lidstrom, just the the on ice presence, the way he carries himself, and does he need to gain weight? Yeah, I mean, I think he's 207 pounds now, which is heavy, but I think he could get 220. And he's a taller kid, but just the way he plays is, is phenomenal. And it's NHL-ready talent, but he'll probably start in the AHL. And he can skate Do you think he'll so see smooth. in the NHL this year? I think he'll get games with how terrible a lot of our defensemen are and how often they get injured. I think he'll get games. I'm not putting it past the, the wings doing something crazy with a waiver move. We'll to be quite honest. I think I, if there's a waiver move, I think it'll be a forward. Well, we're going to find out a lot starting up. this week. Yeah, I mean, we we're getting get our hopes up to get disappointed. We're getting like to, we always do. but Tyler, we're it's going to be disappointment time. no matter what. But now we get to really start speculating because tr- training camp starts this week. Exactly. That's true. So I can't believe it. I can't believe we got through the summer. Yeah. 25 days until puck drop. So uh, what's but, the over under on how many more games the Tigers can lose by the time the season starts? <sighs> can we not please? <laughs> The Tigers give me a headache, and I can't deal with them right now. Great. Plus, I didn't even know you liked baseball, to be honest with you. It's hard to like baseball. I like baseball. Not, it's really hard to like baseball right now. But I don't think most Tigers fans would claim to like baseball at the moment. <laughs> no. I, I like baseball. I don't like our team. But mm-hmm. uh, So another standout from the tournament, and forgive me, Charlie Edward uh, Destuce is apparently how his last wow. name is pronounced. Charlie Destus. No, this... I did not. I'm looking at his name right now in Elite Prospects. Uh, he is signed with the Griffins, so for some reason I don't remember this signing. He was undrafted. He is 21, six foot two, 187. He's a defenseman. He looked really good. So he played with uh, Ramuski Oceanic in the QMJ. He was the captain of that team last year. And in 55 games, he had 66 points as a defenseman. Uh, the year before, in 59 games, he had 56 points. The year before that, in 67 games, he had 40 points. So he had quick progression. He's had progression every year. He In the playoff, Ramuski made the playoffs last year. He had 15 points in 13 playoff games. So the Griffins signed him. He looked he looked pretty excellent. And he had four points in four games. And he he was kind of one of the the defensemen where calm with the puck, good passer, physical guy, but he also jumped in and into the rush to to try and score. And he had some good looks and he kind of I think flew under the radar because he's not a big name. But he looked good, and I know neither of you guys are going to know anything about him at all. Nope, you've been sounding great, though. <laughs> yeah, so he uh, he looked great, <laughs> and if he's going to sit on that... Now, this is another thing. The Griffin's D-line... Holy shit. What? That's what I'm looking at what you're about to comment on. Oh, the Griffin's D-line has a huge log jam? Uh, mild, mild, yeah, is one way to put it. Yeah, the Griffin's D-line has a huge log jam, and if Cider is going to go to the Griffins and DeStus is going to be on the Griffins and Gustav Lindstrom is going to be on the Griffins and then we know Brian Lashoff will be there until he's 87 years old, 
And, and Kasky's going to be on the Red Wings. Now, now Kasky might be on the Red Wings, but Kasky could go to the Griffins. So right there, that's As well, yeah. five. Joe Hicketts is going to be on the Griffins. That's six. So there's your defenseman. Now, how many are left over, Ryan? Well, let's see. <laughs> of who you've named, Marcus Crawford. Uh, we didn't even talk about. Did you mention Sariavi? Nope. Sariavi. That uh, there. Uh, Hirona, he'll be in Detroit, so we're not yep. we're good there. Old man Lashoff. We got Cholo. He Where's might he be, be in Detroit. I think he'll yeah, be in I Detroit. So. I really do. Okay, so put Chalowski in Detroit. And then McElrath. McElrath. So then if you're putting Chalowski in Detroit, unless you get rid of Erickson or Daly, then you're putting Cider in, in, uh, in Grand Rapids too. So that brings Grand Rapids defensemen total to like 10. And as we all know, that's way too many defensemen. So something is going to have to happen. Because there's going to be a big logjam coming up. Because you've also got people like, is Alec Regula, where's Alec Regula going? Is he going to college? Maybe. I don't know. They don't have, uh, like, Cider and these guys aren't even on here right now. So it's a toss-up, probably. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. They have some decisions to make because there is a big defensive problem coming up. Luckily, McIsaac will go back to junior. Uh, oh, I missed a guy. Alec McCrea. Uh, McCray. He was at the prospect no, tournament also. Um, he? Mm. Yeah, he looked all right. He'll, he'll he just either... came from Cornell. Toledo. Oh, he, yeah, he could go to Toledo. Alec Regula is going back to London. So. Does he? He's staying down. Yeah. So and we're still a year removed from McIsaac. Yeah. So we're we're hitting crunch time with these defensemen. And something's going to have to give. So we we shall see coming up. It's going to be an interesting time period between now and the start of the season because training camp starts Friday. And training camp is when everything has to kind of come together. Then you have preseason where you solidify and then make your roster cuts. So there's going to be waivers or trades or is there another buyout period? There's one more, I'm pretty sure, right before the season starts. Yeah, so there's the buyout period. And the Wings are going to have to do something, or else next year they're going to run into a wall. So we're going to see... Well, I mean, we're kind of expecting that regardless, aren't we? Yes and no. Now, they could fix it. There's there's nothing saying they can't fix it. Yeah, well, are they going to do it, though? It's Iserman. And <laughs> you know what happens when you doubt Iserman? He drafts Mo Cider and sticks it in your face. So I was really glad you said face. Yeah. So we're uh oh, oh we're also starting the hashtag hashtag Motown, uh capital M O uh capital M capital T, uh because it's Mo Cider Town. So that's what I'm trying to start. It's Motown. Huh. Um, didn't know we had a movement going. Yeah, I'm I'm trying. It's not going real well. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, it's just us not knowing might have been the start. The other decent, <laughs> so the other good, the other good news from the tournament was uh, undrafted free agent invitee Sean Romeo from Ohio Where's State. From? Ohio oh, State. God. Uh, Goddamn right. No, from some Ohio State University. Uh, he played three games. <laughs> now, he had four goals against uh, average and an 84% save percentage, which might not sound great, but he stole the championship game for them. Even though he let in five goals, uh, 
he stole that game. I mean, it could have easily been like nine or 10 to six and we could have lost, but Sean Romeo. So what happened is Caden Fulcher really, really sucked in the game against Chicago. He was not good. Uh, He, and then Romeo got the next game against the blues and looked good. He looked good. And then, so they gave him the next game against Toronto and we won. And then they gave him the championship game and he won. So Romeo will most likely get a, get invited to actual training camp this weekend. And then if all goes well there, they, what I see happening is them uh, offering him uh, a job in Toledo. But when I looked at him earlier, Sean Romeo says he is supposed to be playing the 2019-20 season with the Cincinnati Cyclones in so the, that, in the that's ECHL. ECHL, right? Yeah. So hmm. if we sign him... If we sign him, he'd go to Toledo. Yeah. But I don't know if he's already... Is he already signed, though, with Cincinnati? That's the thing. All I know is that he looked good. Uh, he just needed a new helmet because it had an Ohio State logo on it. Yeah, it looks, so they should just give him one of them blank on ones. Mm-hmm. Ryan, what was that? Ryan, I don't, what? I don't, Ryan, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> so, so Sean Romeo, I think they should <laughs> offer him for, for Toledo and, and see where that goes because I think he'd be a good depth goaltending piece for the Miners. He's not on the Cyclones hockey page roster right now. They've only got five people total. Yeah, the way I looked at it was uh, on Elite Prospects for 2019-20, he's listed as Cincinnati Cyclones. So Interesting. But he was good. I mean, he, he won a an undrafted free agent goalie, won the tournament for the Wings. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive. But I think overall... What? Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you go. I was just going to say, is there any like videos that aren't the exact stream? Like, is there any highlights? Cause I don't know. The about you, but posted highlights. Three hours. They have posted. Okay. Yeah. They, they've done some from each game and I think they just posted a final one a little bit ago. Yeah. So they've got, they've got those videos and then they do have the full game videos, which if you're doing something around the house, I just recommend throwing it on and, and watching, catching bits and pieces of it. And you'll know when something happens because it gets really loud. I, they also had audio issues during the prospect tournament, which kind of sucked. I mean, one of the audio issues was Art Regner was one of the people there. But <laughs> other, other than that, there was some Shot. microphone cracking and muffled voices. And, and again, Art Regner. But, you know, I got over it. But overall, I mean... The, you really don't like him, do you? I just Art becomes extremely... <sighs> awkward when he talks to people and it's not just annoying no awkward and asks bad questions and doesn't ask the questions he should be asking like i'll listen to his podcast where he interviews people and i'm like why didn't you ask him this or this or this instead you asked him about his dick for 20 minutes like stop (laughs) just gonna mention the like stop (laughs) doing that just ask them important questions and then Whenever he starts a, a question with, I know you don't want to be asked this. Well, if you know, then don't ask him. Just come on, man. Get it together. I just, I don't know. I can't deal with it. But 
Art was on the broadcast, and I suffered through it. Part of the reason I went to Traverse City was that I said I didn't have to listen to him on the broadcast. I could go watch the game live, <laughs> make my own commentary in my head. Did you go Saturday, Greg? Uh, I went, yeah, I was there Friday and Saturday, and Sunday they did their charity golf outing, and they did uh, something else. Uh, they were at the Humane oh, so Society, you... Traverse City Humane Society, for they're playing with dogs, and then they played Monday and Tuesday. So. So you missed that terrible Michigan game then? Uh, no, I watched part of the Michigan game, and yes, it was terrible. We're not going to talk about that either. We had so many people <laughs> huddled around an iPad waiting for Army to try to pull that one off. If Michigan would have lost to Army, they should have just fired Jim Harbaugh that second. I Yeah, I agree, and I'm usually not the person that would say fire him. But that would not yeah, would that, that have been a worse him. loss than App, App State? It would have been equally as bad as App State, considering that none of the Army players put their names on their jersey. It's one team, one fight, Greg. They have them on, they have them on the front there. Ryan, it's, one team, one fight. It's one team, many people. That's what it is. And how do I know who's thrown to who? Army threw to Army, and Army got a touchdown? Yeah, well, Army won the war. No big deal. The point, the point is, is that <laughs> football, people don't go to the Army to be professional football players. People go to the Army and play football because football is fun and it's a team sport. Michigan, people go to Michigan to play football and make it to the major league and almost (laughs) lost to a team who's doing it for fun. So there's not – it would have been a terrible loss, yes, worse than App State. So I don't think it would have have been worse. Army actually has a good football program right now, which is amazing to me because this same team almost beat Oklahoma last year. They took them right down to the wire. Yeah, like the carbon copy of the game uh, mm-hmm. on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday I don't know. Not to get off track. So I don't think story. it's as bad, but it still was not a good look for Michigan. Between Michigan almost losing to Army and the Lions tying a high school We're football go- we team, we are not talking about the <laughs> fucking Lions right now. I am not I getting upset. Kyler Murray looked like he was from the lollipop kids out there on the field. <laughs> he all he Kyler all Kyler Murray can throw is lobs. But, uh, yeah, we're not going to talk about football because I guarantee 90% of the people listening don't care. Um, But I think the point is they're getting equally upset or I think so. But I think the point is that the future for the Red Wings is bright. It's just going to take a while. Uh, The patience that Iserman preached is paying off. And we could be in store for some for some shakeups and exciting stuff coming up. Uh, But those were the two main topics that I wanted to cover tonight. Did you guys have any? uh, any miscellaneous items we needed covered? Yes, uh, I actually wanted to throw something out there. I just gotta find it real quick. It's it's pretty funny, and it's kind of it's kind of refreshing to hear. So Ray Shiro, I'm not sure where he said this, but I I saw it online, and it was like a quote on Twitter. So Ray Shiro will not give in to the demands of Pavel Zaka. I don't give a fuck if he signs in the KHL or if he signs with <laughs> fucking Brampton. Nice. I don't give a fuck. We hold this right. I think more GMs need to take this stand with players and just say, you know what? You've been in the league two years or three years or what have you. What makes you think you deserve Connor McDavid money or, you know, X, X amount of money? I, I think that it's a bad look for the league. Now, Mitch Marner is a different different breed. I think Mitch Marner is a really good player, and you know, obviously. And same with Patrick Laine. But, like, some of these players that are holding out, it's like, 
come on, dude. Just fucking play, you know. You're either going to do that or you're going to go play overseas for way less money. Just take what you can get and prove that and then just play. I just don't understand it. There's so many RFAs that are unsigned right now and training camps fucking Friday. What is the solution to this? What 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 can well, we do to make this better? Well, look at what look at what uh, Jesse Pugliarvi is doing. Mm-hmm. It's the He's same. Playing overseas already. It's the same thing. And and Holland's like, we're not going to trade him just because he wants to be traded. He can go play overseas. Like mm-hmm. he thinks he deserves the minutes, but he's just going to bitch because because you're not giving it to him i don't i don't get it yeah i just think i think these players and and it might just be a reflection on society nowadays of younger people and i'm not classifying myself in that i'm just saying like (laughs) all right well you get you get where i'm going with this (laughs) and like i don't know if it's just a cultural thing like in college football you have players transferring because they don't win the starting spots and like the same as in hockey i mean some of these players don't want to play for a little bit of money so they decide to go play overseas and make less money it's asinine it makes absolutely no sense to me someone please make sense of this for me you can't i mean it's they're good players yes have they earned their keep not all of them so it's it's kind of a double-edged sword. They're damned if they do, damned if they don't, because the team wants to keep them at the lowest price possible because of where they're at in their in their contract years. So I you do can't, love what Tor- Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was gonna say you can't fault the team for not giving in. It's this, we were in this situation with Anthony Stew two years ago. Yep, and guess who caved? The player caved, not the yeah, owner, or and, not not the GM. The player caved, in this, and in this and scenario. rightfully so for Anthony Sue for signing the deal that he did because he hadn't approved it year, and this past year was almost that, and now he pretty much has to just drop the balls on the table and see what he can do this season to see if he can earn that big bigger contract. Exactly, well, we're not, with Detroit. <laughs> not with Detroit. No, I was actually going to say. There's just so many good players that are unsigned, and they're one, the one that was unsigned until I believe it was yesterday was Zach Wierenski. And did you see what Torch said about Zach Wierenski? Basically, put like, him on blast. Yeah, basically put him on blast. Like he better not fucking hold out. That kind of that that was like the kind of tone of it. And it's like more people in the business need to take that approach more than well, it's, he deserves this money or he does. Let's let's see it. Let's like Mitch Marner. Why not take a bridge deal? What well, what is the worst thing that could happen that you take a bridge deal? You you get a, a six million dollar deal for two years, and then you know after those two years are up or three years are up, you can you can hit free agency and go go cash in big. I just don't understand why would you not take six million or eight million or X amount of money, and then go play overseas where you risk the inj- uh, potential of getting hurt. You, you risk a lot of things and you're not making half as much money. I just don't understand that. To quote the uh, quote that you were looking for with uh, Tortorella regarding Wierenski, he said, quote, I'd be terribly disappointed. I'm not involved in go. the business part of it, but for a young man to miss one minute of camp, it disgusts me. I won't go. be disappointed. I'll be disgusted. Yeah. <laughs> It's, and I get it. He's the best. I get that half of it's an ego thing and half of it's, uh, I'm playing better than this player, the same as this player. So I deserve as much money as this player is going to make. But it's, 
it'll it'll never stop. And the thing is, is people are getting crazy contracts. Like people that are nowhere near worth it are getting way too much money because teams are betting on the TV deal, new TV deal to go through and all this other stuff that's supposed to raise revenue that hasn't happened yet. And if it doesn't, it's going to backfire and bite them in the ass. And they're going to be stuck with their version of Justin Ablocator forever. Which, Bingo. Which it already did because the cap was two million less than what they thought it was going to be. Exactly, which which will suck to be them, but it's it's the risk that they're at that point willing to take. Toronto's I'll not willing to take the risk. I'll tell you what, the NHL is in a is in a very interesting scenario, and we've all talked about this at nauseum of of where the NHL is as a league. You know, they are growing. They're probably bigger than it's ever been before. You know, there's there's more markets that are in it all of that all the the parody and all that kind of stuff and they're waiting for this tv deal but at the same time this tv deal starts or or would start for the new season after the cba comes so you better hope that there's no work stoppage because then you can say bye-bye to espn or bye-bye to fox and you'll come crawling back with your tail between your legs to NBC to NBC garbage Pierre time Maguire. That, that's that's my point that that's that's exactly my point so like if the NHL wants to hit this big they need to just bite the bullet put their pride aside and say you know what we have Seattle coming in the, into the league the the league is making way more money than it's ever made before the league is in a great situation when it comes to finances and everything else, really, for the most part, besides maybe concussions or what have you. But when it comes to this kind of thing, it's like you need to put your pride aside if you really want that TV deal and you want to be marketed even more than you already are. Isn't the uh, the players have a couple days right now to decide if they're going to opt out next the year, correct? The 15th. So this Monday? Oh, so we get a decision on next Sunday. year as well. The players, the, so the league could have decided by September 1st if they wanted to opt out. They said, no, they don't. The players have until the 15th to decide if they want to opt out. For this um, year or for next yes, year? Yes, for, for the coming season. For the coming season. Uh, now, the okay, consensus okay. that they've basically, a lot, what people are reporting is saying the players don't want to opt out either because they, they want to play and stuff like that. So I don't think they'll opt out, but they have until the 15th to decide. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I was listening to NHL Network Radio a few days ago. They were doing like a, a preview of the Chicago Blackhawks. And Jonathan Taves had an interesting comment. I don't know exactly what the comment was, but he said something to the effect of like, it, it, it had to do with the escrow and, and not everybody will understand what that means. And so, so excuse me for that. But basically the players are, are guaranteed this amount of money. And then when they get their checks, it's not the amount because they have to give so much away for escrow. And so and taxes and everything else. Well, that as well. And Jonathan Taves basically said, well, that's a shady way to do business. And he just like, I don't know exactly what the comment was, but it was something to the effect of, well, if they want to fight, they're going to get a fight or something like that. So that was the only real comment that I've seen, um, in in regards of you know a potential work stoppage, but hopefully not. Hopefully we can just play some games and 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 keep the peace. I guess. Yeah, there's some good articles that are out there about the CBA and the negotiations right now. It's a little more detailed and difficult to talk on directly without being a little more into no, it. But yeah. if you Athletics posted some stuff, I know Hockey News has posted a few things. There's some really interesting 
tidbits out there if you want to start looking further into it. That's pretty pretty neat. Making a comeback? I mean, it's hockey season, so. Well, no, no, no. I'm just saying, like, there was a while where the hockey news is huge. It's almost like Sports Illustrated, where the hockey news is huge, and then all of a sudden, like, social media came around, and you kind of didn't like hear much from them. Are they posting social media stuff now? They're all over Twitter. Okay. All right. Well, I'll have to check that out. A little My father-in-law still so, gets the magazine. <laughs> all right. Well, well, I think the thing we can all take solace in is Pierre Maguire is no longer on uh, Group 1 for uh, NBC broadcast. That might not be a good thing for us, though. No, it's a great thing. Is it, though? It is. I mean... The less Pierre, the better. True, but we aren't probably going to have the A-list announcers on the games that we have for NBC. So that could mean we actually do get him. Uh, the less Pierre in, in total sum, the better. This is also true. I agree. But I think we're going to wrap up. I think that's what we had to uh, talk about tonight, and I'm going to do final thoughts with Tyler first. Well, my final thoughts are we're getting to the hockey season. I can't believe training camp is on Friday. Hopefully the players, you know, opt in and everything goes well with that. And all signs point to that. Um, but you can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91. Ryan? And no, I do not have it written down. Yeah, we know. You painted it on your wall. Yeah, it's probably all over the place right now. Someone was probably whispering it into your ear. No, uh, uh-huh, Sure. Um, no, my final thoughts are we're finally on. It's, it's hockey season, and I might actually get in, involved on Twitter again because I just don't care about anything else that's happening because it's not hockey-related. So other than that, watching the Tigers, they're probably going to lose – Sitting here drinking a Founder Salad Gold beer. <laughs> Don't have any Howie Saki tape gear, though. Should probably get on that grind line. Uh, that's all I got. RD Ryan 33 is the Twitter. Cool. I already gave my final <laughs> thoughts by saying that the this future looks bright and the prospect tournament was super fun. And the security guards at Center Ice Arena, you chill out because I tried to get some autographs and they, like, shooed me away. So that wasn't very nice of them. I'm in a great store if you get arrested. No, that would have been terrible. My wife and daughter were in the car. So, uh, yeah. You left them in the car? I parked in I parked in a parking lot, and they were practicing on the other side of the divider for the parking lot. They were warming up in the morning. Remember so, that comment I made about stalking? Shut up. <laughs> so you can follow. Uh, oh, the other thing is a reminder. Uh, our T-shirts and hoodies just went something like a little over 10% off on our website. Uh, our merch website. So if you go to redbubble.com and search the grind line, you will find our Redbubble site. You can also go to redbubble.com slash people slash the grind line and you will find our shop. T shirts our are not our that was dumb. T shirts are like a little over ten percent off right now. Uh just and they ship right. internationally. And they do ship internationally rather quickly. Uh, again, Founders, the official beer of the Grindline podcast. I'm just finishing my KBS right now, so I feel pretty good. Ooh, wise choice. Yep. And uh, go to Howie's Hockey Tape and use promo code the Grindline on all your hockey tape purchases to receive 10% off. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at GrindlinePod. You can follow us on Instagram at GrindlinePod, which I think I'm going to give to Tyler to take over because I use too much social media to care about Instagram. 
Uh, we are on every major <laughs> podcast network. We're on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, is it is it iTunes still or is it Apple? I think it's Apple Podcasts now. It's podcasts. We're on Radio.com app. We are on iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. We're on like everything. So just go to whatever your listening service is and type in Grindline Podcast and we should show up. But for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town.